Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hundreds of thousands of students in California are facing a big choice. Get vaccinated or stay home. I think all eyes are are on California. You know, we've been the first in the nation for a lot of things in this pandemic and for a lot of pandemic school protocols. That's Mackenzie Mays, an education reporter for Politico, California. California is mandating school vaccines for students, and we're the first to do it in the country. And some students here will be required to get the shot as soon as a few weeks from now. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Mackenzie Mays on how school vaccine mandates are being put to the test. In California, some of our biggest school districts are moving ahead with vaccine mandates for kids 12 and up, and some of them are moving as quickly as this month. So some kids, depending on their age, will have to get a shot, at least their first shot, by the end of the month in order to go to school in January. And if students don't have their shot, they won't be allowed into the classrooms. Um, And so we're talking about huge districts in L.A., San Diego, Oakland, who are the first in the nation to say, get the COVID shot or else you you can't learn here. You'll have to either go to school online, like in an independent study program, or be unenrolled from the district entirely. And these are just individual school districts, not the state of California putting in these mandates, right? Like, what about the state itself? So the state of California does have a mandate. So Governor Gavin Newsom is the first governor in the country to say students in K-12 through schools must get vaccinated. But his hasn't gone into effect yet. Some of these districts are just moving ahead on their own. So in California, the statewide mandate for kids won't go into effect until there's full FDA authorization based on their age group. And so the governor has said he expects that to not happen until next July. But then we have other school districts on their own who have said July is too late. And so they're moving ahead saying we're going to do it as soon as January, as soon as the new year hits, we're ready. Hmm. I want to talk more about the school districts that are implementing these mandates soon, where you could have kids essentially getting kicked out of school if they're not vaccinated. Because you wrote in your story about a Kaiser Family Foundation survey that found about a third of parents nationally say they're not planning to get their child vaccinated against COVID. It's kind of wild to think about mandates like these in that context. Like, what do you think the real world effect of this will be? Do you think we're going to see a lot of kids getting kicked out of school in, in you know, Los Angeles's school district and some of these other school districts? Or do you think this could push parents to get kids immunized? Like, what will happen here? That's That's the question on everybody's mind, right? You know, the very people that believe in childhood vaccines and believe that it needs to happen in schools to stop the spread of this virus also are really worried that the students that are most at risk academically or otherwise will be the ones who aren't vaccinated. So we know that there are race gaps, poverty gaps when it comes to vaccination rates. And so the question that some school officials are asking themselves is, are we going to say, no, you can't come to school to, to children um, who have a right to an education 
um, especially after the past two years where we've dealt with learning loss that we've never seen before. So the fear is that students who have probably already been left behind in some way because of the difficulties with learning and virtual classes during the pandemic um, might get left behind even more when you consider the fact that some black and brown communities have lower vaccination rates overall. So they might be some of the kids who could face getting kicked out of school or, or back into virtual classes. Right. And I don't, I don't think I've met a single person who's argued that online learning is better than classroom learning, right? So we, we know that it's not as good. And we also know that we don't have the bandwidth to pull it off. If, say, a bunch of students don't get vaccinated in a school and they all get sort of shoved over into this independent study program, we already have a teacher shortage here, you know? So those are the kind of things that are sort of creating this domino effect of concern. But when you step back and and you ask these school officials, why now? Why is this important? You know, they have good reason. They, they want to end this pandemic. They want schools to go back to normal. And they say the only way to get back to normal is, you know, you have to be tough about this vaccine. Um, one thing that's an interesting debate is, People will argue that, hey, you already have to get vaccinated for a whole bunch of stuff in order to attend schools in this country. And that's true, you know. But I sometimes that feels like a false argument because we're living in a really bizarre time. You know, we, we're watching it happen right before our eyes. Um, and everything's politicized and school boards and school board members are facing threats and frustrations that they never have before, I don't think. So... Yes, this is just another vaccine in a way. And parents who might be worried about this one weren't worried about those in the past. But parents also weren't watching the FDA vote in real time on something and, and having just lived through a pandemic. So it's just a really emotional human argument at this point, I think. You mentioned school officials saying this is a necessary step to get things back to normal. And I mean, we have been talking a lot about the opposition to this and some of the negative effects of it. But what would be some of the potential positive effects of a mandate? Like, what do you think schools could look like if mandates are in place? Could we see you know, mask mandates in schools pulled back, like more socializing between students, less testing of students. What do you think that'll look like? So that's the hope, you know, uh, getting kids vaccinated, requiring that students get vaccinated in schools. The The big picture hope here is that things can go back to normal. There's a big argument that we're never going to get back to normal and eating lunch together um, unmasked and um, playing sports and doing all of the good things that schools offered before the pandemic. We're never going to be able to do that without vaccination requirements. But there is this other worry that some public health officials in this state and otherwise haven't done a good job of maybe positively motivating families to get vaccinated. So when you don't see any sort of off-ramp for masking and, and there's no promise um, of things going back to normal, if you do X, then Y will happen. Um, there are some other public health officials who say we could do a better job at creating a system that would say, okay, if you get vaccinated, this will happen. But, you know, I could talk myself in circles about this because then another argument is like, hey, the win in a vaccination is that your kid is healthy and that there's no risk of hospitalization or other serious effects of this virus. So it's just really difficult. The school districts you looked at here are some of the first to do this. Um, so it's just a few school districts, you know, and, and mandates applying to just older kids. But this is something that we, you know, will see 
certainly more broadly in California when Newsom's mandate goes into effect. And it's something that we could see in other places across the country. The CDC just recommended shots for even younger kids, Pfizer shots. And you wrote in your story that this will kind of be a test of how school mandates will play out nationally. When you consider some of the opposition to mandates and some of the more you know political tensions surrounding schools broadly right now, how do you think this is going to play out across the country? I think all eyes are are on California. You know, we've been the first in the nation for a lot of things in this pandemic and uh, and for a lot of pandemic school protocols. Um, and right now we're thinking of logistics. You know, I, I talked to a school official just this week who was sort of anxious about, uh, the, you know, the portal, the online portal where families are expected to upload proof of their vaccinations. There's all this sort of um, sort of paperwork and bureaucracy part of this that there are legitimate rollout concerns. And then once you're able to validate that schools and students have been vaccinated, you know, will there be school officials knocking on doors to those who aren't? And how easy is that going to be in the climate that we're in? Um, and then what do you do with the kids who aren't? How how difficult is the process of saying, no, you can't come to school today because you're not vaccinated going to be? And then we're asking um, school officials who never had to do this as part of their duties before to do this now in addition to their to their educating. So I, I think no one is under the assumption that it's going to be easy. But school officials are arguing here that it's worth it, that it's going to save lives. Mackenzie Mays, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. Also today, the Federal Reserve says it'll begin to slow its massive bond purchases later this month. The first step in removing its extraordinary pandemic-era support for the economy. The long-awaited move signals both optimism about the pace of job growth and wariness about price surges that have pushed inflation up to its highest level in decades. The central bank has been buying $120 billion a month in U.S. government debt and mortgage-backed securities, a process designed to supercharge its efforts to keep borrowing costs low for households and for businesses. And federal prosecutors are seeking their stiffest sentence yet in a case stemming from the January 6th attack on the Capitol, recommending 44 months in jail for Scott Fairlam, a former MMA fighter who was filmed punching a police officer in the head after breaching the building. Fairlam, a Trump supporter and brother of a Secret Service agent, pleaded guilty in August to two charges, obstructing Congress's effort to certify the 2020 election and assaulting a police officer. He's the first of more than 100 defendants charged with assaulting and impeding police officers to face sentencing, and his case is likely to become a benchmark for others. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.